Right on, right on, right on. Welcome to the show. Just give a couple of minutes as people start to come in. And welcome. Uh, welcome to the Lives Right On Radio. We are a faith-based broadcast, but we do bring on other points of views. And we bring on, in particular, the military intelligence, which is what you are going to get today from the military analyst. So just saying welcome introducing the military analyst to you in just a couple minutes but thank you everyone get the shares going if you don't mind get the shares get the likes happening uh, it really does help and i'm going to have just a couple quick announcements as uh, some people come in but in fact i'll just uh, give chris's introduction uh, as we're waiting for a couple more people to come in and before i get to the announcements chris wilson is an alias this is the name that he goes under as a surrogate for his protection. He is a whistleblower. He worked at the highest levels in our military. He is an incredible analyst and researcher and gatherer of information. And the information that he is sharing uh, literally is so dangerous that uh, he has to do extraordinary measures to remain under you know, uh, in, in protection, essentially. The government has turned its back on him. It does not celebrate whistleblowers as they say they do. In fact, why? Because they are all in on it. And so we go through extraordinary measures to help maintain Chris's um, anonymous uh, status. And one of the things that you're going to get, and that's going to come out today, is this is very dangerous intel that is coming out today because there are stargates all around you ladies and gentlemen and chris is going to be bringing the evidence uh of that now just a couple quick announcements as we get going here uh the first one is i've been running a contest for pod points uh th those are essentially donations that you make but uh for right on radio to remain in the top 20 uh and to keep appearing in the news cycles and stuff like that. We need to get a minimum of eight live shows a month and a minimum of 22,000 pod points per month. So I'm going to run an ongoing contest. I'm calling it an ethical bribe. And at the month, the person who gave the most pod points is going to win a great prize that is going to have a much higher value than anything that was donated. And, uh, the only thing is the same person cannot win two months in a row, although we still hope that that person will continue to play along and support whoever that is. Um, anyway, so that's the pod points and likes and shares all help the algorithms as well. Uh, the second thing is with the Intel briefs that are coming out, of course, the Intel briefs uh, are long, they're large, they have uh, lots of pictures and the ones to, from today are absolutely stunning. So what I've been doing is I've been putting those into document form and posting them on writeonyou.com prior to the show. And I also have been sent out an email the last couple of weeks to everyone who subscribes to it and supports the military analyst Intel. Um, so you actually know exactly where those briefs are, which section they're placed in, uh, what their titles are and, and everything else. So, uh, we're doing that, and uh, further to that point, there have been a couple people who have emailed uh, myself, and that's at uh, writeonjeff at gmail.com, 
uh, who have volunteered to help format and do a better job on uh, uh, formatting these briefs uh, from email form into uh, documents. And, uh, you know, I certainly welcome that. Uh, I will be replying in the next couple of days to the couple of people who have volunteered to do this. And uh, you're much, it's much appreciated. We're going to, it's going to work out a little bit of logistical uh, stuff with Chris in between. So that's why uh, I will not contact you right away today, but I thank you. And yes, we will uh, be taking your service. Now, there is one other uh, volunteer that we are looking for here at Right On Radio uh, that perhaps someone has a gift in this sort of thing. Uh, if you caught the show last Thursday, we had uh, whistleblower uh, Michelle Stefanik on. And, you know, she was working in the highest level. She uncovered the black budgets, the CIA, everything else. She's another very, very brave person. And she is putting together her book, and what she's doing is she's uh, collecting some of these interviews. So I was able to give her a transcript of the interview, and she's made a couple edits, but uh, she's actually, she's requested me, uh, thank you, Elbows, thank you for sending that coffee, Elbows, really appreciate it. Uh, she, had, uh, she has asked me to, uh, to help edit it and make suggestions, and quite honestly, I don't have the time, nor do I have the talent uh, for editing uh, so if someone has some editing skills and uh, they want to help, uh, I, I can't speak on her behalf, but, you know, there might be, she might be able to put a mention, uh, you know, in her book or something of someone who helped. I don't know. Uh, that's something we can discuss with her. But if you have editing skills, uh, send an email to writeonjeff at gmail.com. And I think that is all the announcements. So without further ado, let's get into the show Welcome back to Right On Radio. Welcome to new subscribers. A lot of people are saying this is the favorite show that we do, and it is because of the deep intel that the military analyst brings. Chris, welcome back to Right On Radio. Thank you, Jeff. It's always a distinct pleasure. Um, I have some interesting, in fact, intriguing uh, essays today, and as you mentioned, uh, we're going to be discussing stargates, which do exist. They are both a combination of being natural uh, formations as well as uh, man-made or humanoid-made. So uh, let me go forward. This one is Stargates Part 1 on uh, portals and train stations. The author, it doesn't identify his name on any of the essays that I found by him. However, his website is we, W-E-E, Warrior, W-A-R-R-I-O-R, uh, web blog. And they aren't always dated. Okay. Uh, this one has to do with uh, train stations and what the Illuminati and Deep State, one in the same, has been doing is been hiding technology in plain sight in front of us all our lives. And this goes back hundreds, perhaps thousands of years. So uh, he goes on and says, following a train of thought, which is a, a, <laughs> a parody, okay, so to speak, has led me to consider these mysterious but obvious portals we are pursuing may be in the most public place, public of all places. I'm placing the Grand Central Station at the top of my list of many suspects. And there it shows the picture with the uh, light streaming down onto the uh, uh, Grand Central Station floor, but each of the uh, windows that the light is coming down through 
is designed in a hemispherical uh, array. Um, seriously, it is, if there is a secret transportation system that is available to thousands of those, quote, in the know, whether on or off the planet, wouldn't it make sense to incorporate some of the Stargates into regular public transport transportation stations to avoid suspicion? Certainly, it would be much easier to pull off this charade if everyone, quote, even the uh, privileged, are relying on the same point of arrival and departure. And then it shows a picture of a Stargate uh, between two tall buildings in New York City. Onward. There is also the advantage of being tied into the power grids that run the stations and trains. The more I think about it, the more I wonder if such busy places are an ideal setup for a covert Stargate that harvests both electrical and spiritual energies. He uses the website of New York City Grand Central Station, and there's a short video of 32 seconds where you can see how this uh, is a distinct possibility. I believe it's fact. Kind of like my investigations into the Statue of Liberty, uncovered the two spiral staircases shaped identical to the human DNA. And we will discuss that later. Then he uh, shows a picture of Grand Central Station with K-Pax uh, arriving on Earth. And that was from a movie. As uh, the symbolism and knowledge is built into all movies that have been produced by Hollywood. You just have to read between the lines and study the images and the, the content to understand what they're actually doing and why. So um, he developed uh, this theory of what he calls an old empire architecture, that being temples, cathedrals, and formal gardens, and so on, repeated in major cities all over the world. I wonder if these monuments perform services on many levels, only one of which is known to the general public. And then it shows a picture of Grand Central Station from the outside and how they're uh, building it in 1906 and uh, redesigning it with their clock and uh, the frontage. And so Grand Central Station popped out at me in the classical movie, The Fisher King by Terry Gilliam, that's G-I-L-L-I-M, who looks like the typical type of guy who has peeked behind the curtain to me. And then it shows a, a two minute and 10 second video of the Fisher King, the dance scene. And these are all on Jeff's website uh, of, anyway, uh, I can't help but notice that once again, instead of good old American Christian motifs, they designed Grand Central Station to furry, further this demigod theme. Of course, most of the design crew is French, so that's to be expected. Instead, commuters pass under the quote, the god with superhuman speed, Mercury, who is, of course, the controller of communications and commerce from ancient times. And it shows the frontage of the building. Then it shows a close-up, and it says the superhero costumes include caudis, which is what is used on the uh, medical sign for all uh, medical um, personnel from uh, physicians to nurses to medical staff, how it has the, uh, uh, the, the basically the cross with a uh, intertwined with two snakes. And um, he also shows that with the caudus, and 
and next to each one on the clock itself uh, that you'll see uh, Hercules and Minerva. So he goes on and says, so the, uh, and this word is difficult for me, but it's uh, A-E-S-C-U-L-A-P-I-U-S, which is uh, a cephalus, uh, who only has one snake rather than two in his hand, okay? And the winged helmet, which means he's in the know. Minerva and Hercules are hanging out too. She looks bored and a bit uh, almost incredulous. Now comes the task of hiding the Stargate in plain sight. It is, it's relatively simple to devise a central location that seemed to have an alternative purpose, say an information booth. So he goes, it's sure shaped like a portal and even has an access door for private use only. Then it shows a Grand Central Station where you have the information booth in the front uh, where people can come up and ask questions and, and uh, buy tickets. Admittedly, justifying the type of materials you need to create a functioning portal link like fine crystal, gemstones, and precious metals. It's a bit tricky, but it's called, uh, it is an art and a piece or a gift in, uh, to the citizens of New York, and then you're home free. The next image shows the four uh, clocks that are uh, built together um, that shows uh, uh, the current time, uh, anyway, around the world. So it goes, uh, so there it sits right in the heart of the complex, the famous Grand Central, what is known as the Big Ben of Grand Central Clock, purposely set one minute fast and made with Tiffany crystal, cut crystal, and pure opal faces on all four clocks. And then it goes, uh, it shows below, and look what sits just underneath the visitor's booth. There is a secret, well, and I won't say secret, but it is a, a uh, deluxe club. It's for the elite, and it's directly below the visitor center, and it's a uh, restaurant and bar on the first level down below the actual uh, ticket booth and uh, information center. Then it shows uh, what is uh, known as the mine caverns and shafts below Grand Central Station. And it is a diagram uh, which shows the multi-different levels that go down below. So you have what is known as a street level, then you have the uh, uh, concourse, and then you have the escalator shafts, which go down to the uh, lower levels. Uh, they have uh, upper level, lower level, and then they have this, the terminal caverns below. There are 19 elevators and 50 escalators. So... After that, he goes on and says, it is no surprise that under the booth is a restricted area that few have ever seen. Here is a blip, meaning uh, the snapshot, from someone who is in the know that was one of the elite. From the realm of widely known statistics and facts, the tour descended 109 feet below the floor to the lower concourse. The elevator door opened on a cavernous room housing a power substation. Now, lined with modern electrical equipment, the room also held relics of the original power plant, a 15-foot-high rotary converters made by General Electric Company. For about 80 years, these huge machines spun with deafening noise and smothering heat to convert alternating current to direct current and shoot the power to the third rails that powered the trains. And as you're aware that you have two rails, one on each side for the for the actual um, train or subway. Uh, and then you also have the center rail, which is the power. And that's got incredible uh, energy as well as uh, it's, it's uh, extremely dangerous. So 
Um, underground, the underground power station, which was apparently on the hit list of Hitler's spies, it was rumored to be the control center for the military power supply. You could be shot on site for entering this unauthorized area. And it shows two pictures going down to the sub level and then the elevator that's way below. Don't forget that the amazing clock has been the focus of many iconic movements moments beside the ballroom in, in the movie, the Fisher King, this piece of controversial art used the clock as a centerpiece for one of many public nude photos by Spencer Tunick. Now doing this research led me to some very interesting, uh, synchronous, um, ties in the major events in history with the, this icon of New York. For instance, I was not aware that there was a bomb that was planted in Grand Central Station and catch this date, September 11th, 1976. September 11th, Jeff, as you know, was, was Christ's birthday, okay? Onward. Uh, and it showed that uh, what happened on September 11th, 1976 is that it was reported that Part of a terrorist plot by Croatian rebels who simultaneously hijacked a TWA transatlantic flight. They were also uh, coerced into revealing the location of the bomb in a locker at the train station. It was removed by police and was taken to a station for defusing, but it exploded in the process, killing Officer Brian Murphy in the, in, in the process. And it shows the interviewer, Kathleen Murphy, the photo with... Uh, uh, basically uh, interviewed by an author uh, known as Life Detonated, which was uh, um, that Fox News was interviewing. And it said New York uh, Police Department cop killed on September 11th, 1976. So um, 25 years later, Grand Central Station responds to the September 11th, 2011 attacks with massive American flag that was hung in what is known as the sweet spot on the same day. And that is directly over the visitor's booth, which is the key to going down into the lower levels. Here's another interesting correlation by Mary Chapin Carpenter, the singer and, and uh, songwriter. On her album between, quote, Here and Gone, Mary Chapin Carpenter sings about one man's pilgrimage to the Grand Central Terminal in the aftermath of September 11, 2001 attacks. Carpenter was inspired to write the song, quote, Grand Central Station, after hearing an interview with an iron worker on the first anniversary of the attacks. The man, one who was the first on, on the scene after the towers fell, worked at Ground Zero for days afterward. The iron worker said that at the end of each shift, he felt so impelled to go to the train station so that the souls of the victims could follow him. He'd find himself just going to Grand Central Station and standing on the platform and thinking whoever wanted to go home could catch the train home, said Carpenter. Let's not overlook the fact that the entire main terminal lay under the huge constellation painting in the ceiling of the Grand Central Station, recently, re quote, recovered from accumulated muck, mainly blamed on tobacco smoke. The interesting thing is that these constellations are arranged so they would only be seen from outside our solar system, not inside. Or as one Vanderbilt member put, quote, from God's point of view. And then it shows a, a small photograph of the the uh, ceiling of Grand Central Station with a constellation.
And from Wikipedia, here is a list of movies featuring Grand Central, which Wikipedia points out is actually Grand Central Terminal. Amazing how many of these movies have to do with hidden truths. There are 27, but only about 20 printed on this page. The House on Carroll Street. I'm reading the names of the movies. North by Northwest. Armageddon. Carlito's Way. Duplicity Hackers. I Am Legend. K-Pax. Madagascar. Men in Black. Men in Black 2. Midnight Run. Old Dogs. Party Monster. Revolutionary Road. The Bone Collector. The Cotton Club. The Fisher King. One Fine Day, Conspiracy Theory, Losers, Falling in Love. On to part two. The next picture shows Grand Central Station. Before you go to part two, may I just interject because we have a super chat and I've committed to always read the super chats on the uh, program. And this is from, uh, well, QSZ at 9X, but I believe it's actually Patriot princess and it just simply states thank you for all you do thank you patriots princess well thank you patriot princess as well from my standpoint this knowledge is all for you and everyone who wants to learn the truths of life okay you can always interject jeff uh part two stargates and portals and train stations this shows a picture of the original grand central station uh when it opened its doors and continuing on my train of thought from the Stargates and Portals and Train Station blog, I found more important details about the occult significance of Grand Central Terminal. And then it shows a picture. This is the Victory Way celebration at Grand Central Station. And what they're showing is that after the end of World War I, they created a pyramid of German helmets and then... Uh, tacked on a, a statue at the top of it, but this was done in would have been uh, 1918 to 1919. And so that the then it shows a close-up of that picture. It's in it says in front of Grand Central Station it is 1918. That's an impressive uh, that's took thousands of helmets to build this. He said, I found this while digging around in the SIRIS archives archives. They describe it as four un undated images depicting large crowds of New York uh, Central Railroad employees at a celebration in Victory Way. That was the uh, part of the street that was called before where it, um, uh, it featured a towering pyramids of captured German helmets. And when the public sees this, Jeff, they'll realize how big this pyramid was, and it was one of several. You have to ask yourself, how did railroad workers get their hands on so damn many German helmets? No speculation in the article. So SIRIS, CIRIS, stands for, the acronym is Smithsonian Institute Research Information System. Uh, very clever. In case you haven't gotten wise, the SI uh, shenanigans, meaning uh, the, those in the know, discovered their dark underbelly. So the Smithsonian collection had some very interesting clues about the development of the statue above the main entrance to Grand Central Station. And then it shows a picture uh, closer to today uh, with um, a close-up, and then it shows uh, that originally uh, it was just only going to be a clock in 
the center. No decorations. However, and then below that, it shows the images of the drawings uh, in color that was proposed for elevation for Grand Central Station Terminal, Vanderbilt Avenue, 1905. And that it was uh, in New York, New York, New York. It was an ink and watercolor on linen. And the drafts and design industrial drawings from the Smithsonian Institution. However, but no, Vanderbilt commissioned a French artist to create a mythological theme for him. Jules Alexis, J-U-L-E-S, and then A-L-E-X-I-S, Coulon, that's C-O-U-L-A-N, of Paris, was a man who did the sketch, although New York sculptors did the actual carvings. He was one of the controller's favorite artists, meaning he was part of the Illuminati. Here is architect Whitney's warnings, uh, his interpretation. And it, uh, he has a quoted script was removed by the web. I added that. Um, he had the quoted script with a video and it was removed um, by YouTube and others. So he um, goes on to say, I did not realize the immensity of the statue until I came across this photo. Originally, they were going to have a gigantic statue, Jeff, that was uh, part eagle, and I think it was a hybrid. And they show a, 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 a f original photograph with a tiny girl down below one of the uh, legs. Uh, and that was probably from, oh, I would say 1905, 1906. But in the end, they included a fancy jewel clock instead. But uh, when the public sees the size of this statue, it had a eagle's head and probably the body of a man. It was probably like a, a hybrid. Okay, then it goes with a uh, signed picture dated uh, July 11th, 1914, and it shows the uh, Coulon's original sketch below. He portrays a more warrior-like Mercury, okay, in the Hermes mode, with, as the expression goes, as above, so below. That's part of the Masonic order. Uh, hand position going on. Only male figures are flanking him. No Minerva like in the final version. So originally it was just males in this uh, with Hermes and um, Mercury in the pictures. Uh, but uh, he goes, and what's up with the angel in a trench coat? Now that was the images I was showing you before um, uh, describing. So then it goes on to say, it's strange that the caducus is always held by, the, by its base like in the sketch, but in the final version, he is holding it up higher with the snake surrounding his hands. That's highly unusual. And that is there today in uh, New York Central Station. Um, in the new improved Vanderbilt version, the eagle now hides behind Mercury as Minerva and Hermes hang out in, uh, around the clock itself. Then it shows that the Smithsonian Institute article reminded me that there was a fully functional train station at this location. And he states, what an old empire beauty, correct? And he shows a picture of what it looked like before. So much of our architecture, Jeff, has been destroyed in, in this uh, new world order where they're actually building on top, as I mentioned before, all civilizations build atop the former one. And so what they've done through our country, which is not in any history books, is they've been destroying both old world technology that was here before us, 
many thousands of years before and then incorporating new technology that is more temporary and to substitute it. I will do an article on just that uh, essay of, of showing old world technology that's been being covered up throughout the world and it, uh, particularly in the United States and, and uh, Europe. And then he goes, but I would like that. that. That's a real interest to me personally, and I'm sure my audience would love it as well. I have original photographs. You will love that. And you'll see the, what is most important it. about this, Jeff, is that all world stairs started, which were known as expos, in 1850. Okay. And they started in Germany. And then what they did is they moved throughout Europe and then to the United States. I have the dates of all of them and the city names, and we will go over that. But you're going to find out that this advanced technology was being covered up, and it's part of the Masonic Order. There's always a dual meaning within each. Just like Agenda 21, that was to let the uh, public know that the, uh, the New World Order will take effect in the 21st century. However, the second aspect is that it will occur in the 21st year of the 21st century. And now they've extended it to the 22nd as they're wrapping everything up now in the next few months onward. But like dazzling architecture around that time, it had to go just 30 years after it was being built. Vanderbilt, otherwise known as a controller, decided they needed a whole new station to handle the volume of rail traffic his business was going to generate. So I'm showing you both the old image of what uh, the um, uh, actual uh, New York City train station will look like, and in both a, a picture of a drawing, and then uh, onward with uh, um, the actual towers that they put. But you'll see an original one, when and it's got a, uh, an eagle circled in red in the photos when they view the website. So he goes, these were dispersed into public and private hands, but some are still to be found glaring down on the New York City's populace, stating that even today when they redesigned and rebuilt the entire train station, they still put these eagles, and uh, in Europe they're, they use gargoyles as well. So uh, onward is that. So also in uh, did someone investigations on the weird Zodiac mural on the ceiling at Grand Central Station. So it's not just a uh, on the ceiling. It's more than just what you think of a uh, uh, display of uh, the, the celestial bodies. It is actually a Zodiac. And he goes, here is the quote regarding with the image of the Zodiac being out of order and Vanderbilt's flippant answer about it being from God's perspective, meaning that it could only it's viewed from outside this world, looking at it rather than from Earth looking at it. Interesting enough, how they try to pass it off as some kind of replication of a medieval uh, medieval cosmology. And last but not least, uh, imagine to my surprise, uh, not, when I did the simple alignment test on Google Earth and discovered the following facts, that the Grand Central Station terminal is right in line with one ground zero, Okay, ground zero is uh, the center of basically in you have one in uh, Washington, D.C., which is the Pentagon. And then you have what is known as ground zero in New York City. Okay, uh, where where the uh, towers collapse. Okay, you, it's in line with uh, 
Ground Zero, Washington Park, and the Statue of Liberty, all referring to in New York City area. And all on the list of my favorite suspects for an interdimensional interface. And then he shows a picture how they're all aligned with yellow uh, uh, plug points. Okay, that takes care of uh, one and two. Now we go on to evidence. Uh, next article, Evidence of Dimensional Portals, Stargates and Cave by the same author, wewarrior.wordpress.com. And knowns a well-known Stargate, what you can see uh, with, they use the Stargate from uh, SG-1 uh, with uh, Harry Dean Anderson. Uh, what is the steady media diet of interdimensional dimensional travel? Are they really so desperate for science fiction fantasy themes that they have to keep using the same old Stargate motif over and over? He puts question mark. And so he takes this, the Stargate and then shows what they did with uh, the television version. Then he goes on to say, you see, it's just this kind of obvious obfuscation that makes us wonder just what is going on right under our own noses. Especially when you start to follow research like Daniel Litz, and that's L-I-S-Z-T on Dark Journalist, which I have done an essay on, uncover tangible documentation and document documented proof of black budget programs using exotic, which is known as X technology, and keeping it secret at all costs. That is a second item that I wanted to do uh, of three points that uh, the the world should know about your your audience is that you've had you the last week that everyone learned about that Germany developed in 1830 a liquid form of anti gravity and then perfected it in 1850 and 1890. And these crafts, these ships, were flown all over uh, Europe as well as uh, throughout, uh, across the Atlantic, across the United States, and then built in California, in Sonora, and then also taken to South America. Now, the other fact, which I mentioned, is that they're learning about that the old technology has been hidden and covered up, and the Masonic Order is showing a fraction of the truth, which is the old technology that has been covered up with world fairs, which was known as expos in 1850. And the third is that dark journalist, uh, he is exposing that we have had what is known as, it's known as Antiq, which is uh, antiquated technology uh, by one author and by uh, uh, Daniel Litz, at dark, the dark journalist. It's also known as X technology. And I did one with him, uh, with uh, Dr. Carmen Bolter and Egyptology, who found an Atlantean princess's tomb in Turkey. So that is the same person. Onward. On top of that, credible investigators like the Media Truth couple um, have turned up declassified documents specifically mentioning the development of Stargate technology. And that was some quite some time ago. The point is, it does exist, it's always existed, and now it's finally being released. So then he goes, um, there's another video, which is Welcome to Sci-Fi Land, uh, Stargates, Dark Energy, and Manipulating Extra Dimensions. The video is 12 minutes, 10 seconds, and I've included on on the essay. Once you've spent time on movie sets and or in theater production, you get very uh, proficient at spotting the smoke and mirrors techniques devised to attract and divert your attention to manipulate your perceptions. In fact, you can all apply to all different levels of life. 
kind of like what you see in those magic eye 3d pictures once you get the knack of refocusing uh you can adjust your vision to the right depth finding the hidden images which gets easier and easier to do and so that's what he's showing with one in green where you look at an image but it's actually uh when you focus in your eyes you can see that it's actually it's like subliminal and that there's actually a portal inside of it so my instincts are telling me to ask the question could stargates be a viable ancient technology that has been around for a very very long time the answer is yes and he goes on to say what's more has ancient stargate technology been militarized so no civilian gains access that is absolutely correct and then shows the pictures of what they used on stargate which was a um like a uh, upside uh delta symbol uh for, and then the stargate one with the wings and the numeric one consider all those references we've had uh spoon fed through the uh tube like bill and bill and ted's uh time traveling in their phone booth all the way to the terminator zipping through time like it was a super lab so he shows pictures of that and we've been exposed to this all our lives but we just never literally focused and realized what the media was doing which has been controlled by the cia from hollywood one of their headquarters we've undeniably been baited with the idea of transversing time and or space with the greatest ease but no one has ever come close to achieving this technologically really and then he shows that the smithsonian institute that there is a moon gate that was developed and it shows a picture of it not even one time uh machine which is known as a tardis t-a-r-d-i-s has ever been created we're just making this all up right really and he goes out of thin air that'd be uh quite amusing tardis technology and it shows a picture jeff with which is a a utah cave painting which is from 5000 bc and it shows the equivalent of what is a image next to it which is a telephone booth with uh and the images are very similar as far as how did uh one from 5000 bc which is uh 7,000 years old to one that is today of a British police uh, telephone booth. Well, all those books I've read as a kid about how I've been holidaying uh, in space have certainly proven to be absolute BS. And he shows an image of You Will Go to the Moon by May and Ira Freeman and illustrated by Robert Patterson. That's just an image of a young boy studying the moon. He goes onward and this image will catch the public's attention. So I started reading Fringe Theories by Jake Coates, which is K-O-T-Z-E, Freeman Fly, which is F-R-E-E-M-A-N-F-L-Y, and then the last person, Gordo, G-O-R-O, Adachi, A-D-A-C-H-I. And then you see a actual vortex in the sky that he's photographed. My first real world clue was when I noticed the erratic seismic activity on the live seismograph page at a place called Winoka Cave, and that's W-Y-A-N-C-O-T-T-E, Caves, in Illinois. And he's gonna, this is showing that there are portals inside of caves. I found it was a tourist attraction, and being a cave buff, I settled in to take the virtual tour on the website. Imagine my surprise as the tour led past the Hall of Odd Fellows around the Constitution Pillar, and if I was brave enough and willing to slither down a passage 
uh, to the end of the journey, I would find myself at Monument Mount, the tallest underground mountain in the world. My jaw dropped when I saw this round flat stone wall behind the behind this this uh, tallest mount of any cave, and it is literally basically blocking a portal. So this is talking about when Dota Cave and a quick look at mythology uncovered plenty of interesting references to Stargate related phenomenon. Having a feeling this portal has been functional for a long time. And what it does is it goes into uh, what is an Indian group, which is called the um, K-A-W-A-I-I-S-U, which would be Kawaisu uh, myth, a visit to the underground world, underworld, contains an interesting illustration of portals between two worlds. The story tells of a man, an Indian man, who entered an opening in a rock to find himself in another world where the spirits of deer killed in the hunt go after death. The story, as reported by uh, Zygmona, Z-I-G-M-O-N-A, says the man saw water that uh, was like a window, meaning that's a, the stargate he walked through. He could see the mountains through it, but it wasn't water. He passed through it and did not get wet. When he was outside, he looked back and saw the water again, which is the imaging that you see through any Stargate uh, um, opening, the portal. This individual found himself miles further up a canyon just by stepping through the portal. Do we assume this is simply a tale of a shaman's travel, or do we consider that such portals may actually exist between realities, which is true? <clears throat> Archaeologist David Whitley uh, that's W-H-I-T-L-E-Y, an expert on Southwestern rock art, states that caves often served as vision quest locales because shamans believed the supernatural world lay inside or beyond them. The shaman entered the supernatural when the rocks opened up for him. So I be uh, began to think to research stargates and caves. And then he goes with Chronos, uh, which is C-H-R-O-N-O-S, caves as a time gate. Imagine my surprise when I Googled TimeGates and came up with a website called Kronos. When they advertise the technology that can be applied to any appropriate cave location so you can create your very own TimeGate. Believe it or not, here is a link, and I sent it to you. It's kronos.ws forward slash timegates.html. Then there is the alchemical uh, graphic uh, to add to this equation which is the alchemical. It comes from the Princeton University website archives and is appropriately called the Illuminati Cave Gate because Princeton, Harvard, and Yale are your three primaries. The fourth would be Columbia of the eight um, uh, Ivy League colleges, but it is those primary three which have brought about this new world order uh, specifically. Uh, it comes from... Um, the image abounds with Greek, Latin, and Hebrew inscriptions, which indicate some sort of sacred knowledge to be found within. And that's interesting. It came from the uh, that site, the Princeton. Okay. This knowledge was perfect. The souls of those who pursued illumination. The image also draws on alchemical depictions of the sun's perfection of base metals into gold and numerological associations. Note that there are seven steps and seven banners, and 
Jeff, that refers to the seven alchemical, the alchemical metals of gold, silver, copper, tin, uh, lead, mercury, and one other. Uh, one last option. By the way, they're doing alchemy inside of people right now, and that is part of the master plan. So you're right over the target with this, Chris. Thanks. Okay, and then it shows for the audience when they, uh, after listening to this uh, briefing, they'll go to your website and they'll be able to see these images. It shows a World Trade Center subway station floor. And the mosaic is located directly under the World Trade Center, and it just screams portal to me. This is what existed. He has photos of it. And it's known as the Oculus, which is O-C-U-L-U-S. And that is basically in, uh, uh, like the all-seeing eye in the center of concentric circles on this mosaic floor. Then he goes on to show that uh, how people don't really – they observe, but they don't truly see the hidden meaning within everyday life. And this is showing the next is a camera and skew patterns. But this shot of the, of, uh, the World Trade Towers – um, with a, by a New York who is fleeing it that fateful day has always given me some pause. So what the public needs to focus on is that there is a pattern on the World Trade Center that most people didn't recognize, and it is basically like a stargate. It's, it's like uh, you take a um, uh, four-sided uh, compass point, and then, it, then they get stretched. But this was built into the design completely. It's not random. So he goes, the star pattern on the World Trade Center. Remember, once you've seen the illusion, you can no longer be fooled. And then he uh, states that the video by Red Spades is 2 minutes and 40 seconds. And they can view that. But it shows a picture of when the first plane hit the, uh, what was supposedly a plane, but actually it was from our weaponized uh, satellites, which we've had since 1962. And that was a direct hit. Plus, Blue Beam. I'm sorry, go ahead. Operation Blue Beam. Yeah, that's one of them. And yeah, yeah, because there's no way a, a pilot could hit those towers like that. Right. There's no way. Not at all. But they did put uh, nanotechnology. Uh, it was called uh, uh, nano, uh, I'll think of it in a moment. Um, nanothermite was developed by a. a one of the uh, a private firm in the Dakotas. And the, the aspect of this is that uh, nanothermite, it doesn't break and blow up. What it does is as it explodes, number one, it creates its own oxygen to burn. And number two, it disintegrates and turns it into powder. And that's why G.H. Bush was so big on having the rubble cleared because that way you take away all the, all the uh, evidence and then it was it was taken through the basically the mob controlled the uh, all your um, uh, rubbish and debris the con for the construction and uh, demolition of it. Anyway, um, yeah, they, they had painted it all on the walls on all the lower floors, and when when it ignites, it actually uh, burns hot enough to melt steel, and so that's how they did the implosion. Right, but there was they had for six months prior, they had. Uh, put in on, on the weekends and at nights at holidays that uh, they had put in uh, explosives charges at all the key points in all the corners on every floor, as well as the stairwells and the uh, uh, especially the elevators. 
So when this, when they triggered it, and you can even hear in uh, for Larry Silverstein saying, let it rip or let it pull uh, for Building 7. And you notice that Building 7 didn't collapse until much later after the first two. The first two were only 30 minutes apart. And the reason why it was 30 minutes, Jeff, is because these this was being controlled as far as showing the um, uh, – there was a C-130 or C-141 uh, – military uh, air force a jet over saw overhead that i saw very early and it was at about thirteen thousand feet that was displaying the images of these holographic uh jets airliners going into the building and they couldn't do it simultaneously for both buildings so it took 30 minutes for the for the the turboprop jet to come around sweep to then project the other image into the building into the second building so that's why it was 30 minutes apart. And then later, uh, what was shown in British television, which I caught uh, at the time, was that the woman announcer, the uh, television announcer was describing what was going on in the United States. And she said uh, in their briefing that all three buildings had collapsed. And you could still see Building 7 behind her in the image because she's not looking at it. It's got a green screen behind her. And so then by the time I she put it, that, that was featured on CNN as well. Well, the point is that Ten was before proof. it fell down. They're saying it was gone. Yeah. Just amazing. Just amazing. Uh, anyways, I digress. Oh, Chris, you're muted. Oh, uh, some, oh, Chris has disappeared. Something has happened. I'm sure he will be right back. But hey, listen, I'll just take this opportunity while he's going to uh, be logging back in uh, to say thank you for all of the gifts. Uh, it looks like, uh, and I don't have the count, but we were two-thirds of the way there to the 22,000 uh, points that are required to keep us in the uh, in the top and uh, and your generosity today I'm, I think has just uh, been uh, really really awesome everyone I, I thank you uh, from the bottom of my heart uh, for those and I thank you for the likes and for the shares and stuff like that look it's important uh, to keep us in the uh, the top 20 and for Podbean to recommend us to uh, new audiences and stuff like that and you know primarily right on radio we have a uh, you know, a born again believer audience. And man, I'm thankful for that. But I constantly pray to the Lord to bring in unbelievers as well. And we think, you know, with some of our Intel shows and things like that, that, uh, you know, people will be interested enough. And then, you know, maybe they'll uh, join one of our Sunday shows or something like that and hear the word of the Lord himself. And, uh, uh, you know, uh, the Lord uses us to, uh, to read it and, uh, because there's nothing more important at this point than bringing people to Christ. Uh, it is my firm belief we are in uh, going into the final days. Um, I have stated on air multiple times that it is my belief, and I don't have an inside line from God on this. I want to be really clear about that, but I'll tell you, I just I, I firmly believe in my spirit that this year, 2022, will determine when the tribulation begins. Uh, it'll either begin at the end of this year, beginning of next, 
or perhaps we'll have a reprieve to uh, 2025, 2026, or as I said last night on the show, uh, maybe it's another 100 years. I just don't personally feel that uh, my spell. But thinking of last night's show, uh, while we're waiting for Chris to come back in, what did you think about the news that JFK Jr. is not only alive and not only appeared uh, publicly on Mount Rushmore, as many people had suspected, uh, but the person who told us the story, David Lester Strait, claims that he was in Don Jr.'s helicopter when they flew JFK Jr. up there, and that JFK Jr. is actually acting as vice president right now of the Constitutional Republic next to Donald Trump, and you are watching a bunch of actors, uh, you know, basically in charge of a failed corporation. So quite the news story that we broke yesterday. Uh, I personally hope it's true. I can't confirm that it is, but uh, I'd say David Lester Strait is a good source and he's staking his reputation on it. Hey, Chris, welcome back. I'll let you continue, sir. Oh, uh, he was here and now he's gone again. Uh Uh-oh. That means you got to put up with me for a couple more minutes. Um, Hopefully he'll be right back in. Uh, Tell us what you think in the comments in the chat so I can hear from you and uh, see what did you think of the JFK news, for instance. Do you believe it? Do you disbelieve it? Uh, There's no right or wrong, by the way, because we don't know. But what did you think? Is JFK Jr. alive? And is he the president? Uh, Blue Soul says, no dice. And of course, Blue Soul is a skeptic, and we love that about her. Uh, She deals in facts, not speculation. And Blue Soul, you are a really great digger, and we appreciate everything you do for us uh, here at Right on Radio, because we do uh, depend on your guys' digs as well. And... uh, you know, not all not all of them go on the show, but we also like to see which areas you guys are interested in, and that does affect what goes on the show. We like to feel the pulse of the people, you might say, and uh, obviously we try to put out a uh, decent product uh, for you, uh, not only as educational, um, faith-building, uh, but also we want to be a little bit entertaining sometimes as well. Uh, you know, because let's face it, we got to have some fun and some levity. Hey, thank you, Misty River, for sharing the show as well. And I'm just going to give, just hold on one minute. I'm going to keep rambling, but I'm going to send him a text and just see if he's able to come back in. Let me see here. Where is he? Are you able to come back in? Oh, and I just realized. So one of the uh, things about working with Chris is he can receive texts from me, but he uh, he cannot uh, send them back. So he has to reply in email. <laughs> so... We'll see how it goes. We'll just give him a, 
We'll give two or three more minutes. Uh, thank you for your patience, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, sometimes technical stuff happens. And particularly the way that we are monitored. And by the way, I have been told uh, with no, <laughs> there's no doubt that every keystroke uh, that I do on my computer, every, uh, every recording we do, obviously, all my phone calls are monitored. I've been told that. Um, and, and it has been verified. And so anyone uh, who deals with us uh, kind of gets the same treatment. And that is unfortunate, but it's part of the, uh, the risk and the game that we have to play here uh, to get the news out. Because who else is going to do it if, if we don't stand up? You know, and I know there's lots of people that to do, but uh, look, we just, uh, we're just going to do our part and, uh, and keep going. So let me just check my email here really quick and see if he was able to respond. And nothing yet. Nothing yet. So, all right. I'm going to give one more minute. And uh, other than that, uh, we'll end the show and we'll have to continue it. Perhaps if uh, if Chris is available, I'll get him back in on Friday uh, at one o'clock. We do shows quite often on Fridays at one o'clock and we just kind of use it as a wrap up show. But there was some really interesting stuff that uh, he was going to get to as well today with the DNA of the Statue of Liberty and how it is used in the occult. Uh, and, and as he was alluding to between World Trade Center, uh, the uh, train station, Grand Central Station in New York and the uh, Statue of Liberty, how they are geographically positioned is very interesting. Oh, he is back. Chris, oh. are we able to hear you this time? Yes, we got you. Okay, you can hear me now? We got you. Yeah, okay. absolutely. What, we disconnected? You disappeared twice. Well, Jeff, it, it, uh, I heard dinging on my phone. That's, you know, no one texts me during this hour, but it could only be from you because... I made it understood that when I do an essay, I don't take any phone calls and I don't take any messages with my colleagues. Yeah, anyway. I just texted you to see if you were able to come back and then I checked my email for response, but here you are and that is all that matters. All right, so how much time do we lose? Uh, well, we st it's it's just coming up on 2 o'clock. Right, okay, so I, I don't know where I left. I was still reading and I, I heard digging, but I was... I thought someone was trying to text me outside of you. I don't. Do you remember uh, the last? No, so we were just we were just talking about the nine one one stuff and uh, how and how building seven was still up while they were reporting it had come down. That's where you cut off. Wow, there's a lot. So, um, do we get the um, the Bibliotheca in Alexandria? Uh, the Purdue Library. Do we get uh, the park um, in uh, Colorado nope. Springs? None of this. Wow. All right. Well, you know what? We got cut off. Jeff, it's very obvious. Like I told you, you're being listened to by many others, and they're they're not your audience. Okay. So this is why we're being cut off. All right. I'll go back to where I think we pick up. Uh, did Did you hear anything on Stargates in our neighborhood? Did you hear that part or not? We did not hear Stargates in the neighborhood either. Okay, they caught... All right, basically, I didn't realize we were disconnected. Uh, I covered everything uh, from the world. Okay, Stargates in our neighborhood. Um, 
considering this astonishing theory for just a moment, even though it sounds like a bad science fiction, but many, maybe that's by design. Anyway, I'm wondering if our planet is covered with natural portals hidden mainly by our ignorance of their function. What if some people purposely or just intuitively figure out how to construct the device to access these natural time-space super slabs? As researchers of uh, Antiqui, which is A-N-T-I-Q-U-I technology, which is Antiquic, or known as X technology by David Litz, uh, uh, Daniel Litz rather, um, have probed this mechanism of the world's colossal structures, and they consider many fascinating options. But I'm writing of some of the ancient tech was for a portal transportation network, and it shows a picture of a Stargate found in an Indian temple. And they'll be able to see that on your website. And that video is 7 minutes, 43 seconds. Though interesting to consider as a formal technology, the idea of this portal practice has continued to this day is quite a startling concept. I decided to search around on the World Wide Web and I see to see if I could find any evidence of modern day stargates. Well, it certainly didn't take much digging. The following collection took less than half an hour, less than an hour rather, of research to find jaw-dropping structures like this. And he shows that in the Bibliotheca, which is B-I-B-L-I-O-T-H-E-C-A, Alexandrina, A-L-E-X-A-N-D-R-I-N-A, that this is a literally a um, circular photo of a, of a, that is surrounded by water up to the edge. And it's either on the edge of a river or an ocean, I believe. And it actually pivots in the center and it can tilt up either direction to probably almost vertical. And this is an example. Then you have uh, that, uh, yes, this is more than just a library, all right. Take a moment to think of all the movies that use libraries as entry points for characters having interdimensional experiences like Ghostbusters, Jumpers, Doctor Who, the British TV series. And it shows the next image of the uh, uh, Good as Gold by artist Donald Lipsky, L-I-P-S-K-I, is found at the new Country Club Plaza branch of the Kansas City Public Library. And it is literally a collection of books that were made into a circle, and it's a portal that you have to walk through, uh, comprised of hundreds of books stacked that make a perfect uh, circular entrance into the library. And then the next one it shows is at the Purdue Library, which I have been to, but I don't believe this was there in 1973. And it is literally a, a type of a, a spiral that you can walk through as you enter the library. Okay. Um, then it reminds a lot of the outdoor insulation in Colorado Springs, which I know well, um, having gone to school there, um, in their America the Beautiful Park. And it shows literally like what you think of a, uh, uh, it's a circle but not a completed circle where you have the spirals of each end of the circle. They splay at either side of the, of the center circle. And uh, what is interesting is that in this one park in Colorado Springs, that it's actually, uh, the next photo shows that it's, it's flanked by obelisks, the, like Egyptian obelisks, okay? And then uh, the suspicious character in the Detroit 
Michigan Hart Plaza next to the Stargate Amphitheater. And so some fascinating deal on this plaza. Uh, check out the Freeman TV interview with Chad Stumke, S-T-U-E-M-K-E, who has discovered that this area was once a sacred ceremonial slash burial mound. So on the tour, here's a low-rent Stargate showing a picture in London where they basically took like a gigantic tire and then <laughs> made it into a uh, an attraction on a regular street. Uh, then the grandest of all is known as the London Eye, Jeff. And this was used at the uh, last Olympics in uh, Great Britain. And it is, uh, it's literally like a spiral. It's, it's a Ferris wheel, but it has radiating lights and energy out of the center of the, and it shows it in uh, red. They show it in gold. They show it in purple. And it also emits sound. And so he says, uh, notice how these suspicious tuners are popping up in cities everywhere because these wheels, everything I mentioned in life, Jeff, is based on sound. Light is a component of sound. And it's showing that they can emanate frequencies and harmonics known as waves. Okay. Then he mentioned that the first Ferris wheel was made for the disastrous 1893 Chicago World's Fair that ended in murder and mayhem. And it collapsed. But he's saying, speaking of Chicago, that although the structure with photos is not a typical Stargate formation, the bean, which he calls the cloud gate, has got interdimensional written all over it, especially considering it is sits smack in the middle of what was known as Millennium Park. Then he searched further and he found uh, this bean artist. He, the guy's name is, he's been knighted. His first name, he's got Sir for a title. Uh, Anish, A-N-I-S-H, and last name is Kapoor, K-A-P-O-O-R. So I believe he's from uh, East India, uh, Pakistan, or Middle East. Then it shows another picture of uh, the uh, Brooklyn Bridge where they built a <laughs> a uh, moon pool, and it's just uh, a water uh, – it's sort of like a uh, – like a cyclone, it's it's uh, like a whirlpool. And that's uh, at the Brooklyn Bridge Park. Then it goes on to state, uh, remind you of the Capitol building domes, talking in Washington, D.C., and how they're so intricately designed, but they're also like a type of portal. And he shows the pictures and he says, he states that they make me feel like I'm being transported just by looking up at them. And of course, NASA has one on their lawn, uh, believe it or not, and that shows the uh, different images there of their version being built in construction. So I've covered those four. I have enough time to do one of the others. Okay. And as I told you in uh, phone that my um, printer uh, won't accept the new Chinese cartridges. And so I'm going to be reading off the essays that I constructed on online. And we're just getting so much. Okay. So uh, I hate all this junk mail. Okay. The, this one is called The Lady Liberty's DNA. And it's by the same artist, WeWarriorsWordPress.com. And these are the uh, top 10 performances of the Statue of Liberty video, which includes its three minute and 38 seconds. So the Statue of Liberty's top 10 film appearances. Ever notice how 
Often, the Statue of Liberty makes her way into everyday life. The film compilation is just a small sample of her role in modern history times. Uh, interesting how often she possesses supernatural powers or is associated with destruction and mayhem in movies. So, but for me, Lady Liberty's most jaw-dropping film role is during the conclusion of Men in Black 2 when we discover all along with Agent Will Smith that the Lady's Torch is equipped with a city-sized neutralizer. And it shows uh, Will Smith and, and Tommy Lee Jones. And then it show goes on to saying, Lady Liberty's flawless New York City. And then you have the lighted torch. So I actually stumbled on the curi curious journey down Labor Liberty's rabbit hole as part of a writing assignment for one of those answer.com type sites. The topic I was paid to write about was how were the stars, how were the stairs up the Statue of Liberty built? And you can find his, uh, you can't find his uh, information online because they never published it. So then it shows the Statue of Liberty, the very top of the torch with a picture of it being hitting, hidden by a lightning bolt. And then it shows a picture of the image. Uh, it is designed as it's being constructed. So it's a, a sketch. Anyway, it took me forever to find the answer to the simple question. Amazing how often it was overlooked, the numerous public descriptions. I really had to dig really deep to get some solid information. And then it shows the next photo is the Statue of Liberty where they're building the base of it. And he said, admittedly, it was hard to stay focused on my assignment because I was being distracted by all of the symbolical and uh, schematical clues that laced into the design of our iconic Lady Liberty. From her Roman sandals planted firmly on an 11-point star fort all the way up to the torch of the Illuminati held high above New York City Harbor, and especially the network connects them together. There is much more than this Iconics Lady history than I ever even imagined. And then it shows an overview picture taken from the top with the uh, statue and, uh, and like an aerial photo. In researching the staircase to the crown, I learned that it is shaped like a double helix, just like human DNA with separate up and down stairwells that create a spiral, believe it or not. And then he shows a picture of the stairwell. So you have two staircases, Jeff, one going up and one going down. I saw this when I was 10 years old. I went up the same stairs and down the stairs. And they have closed off the, uh, uh, even when I was 10 back in uh, 1965, uh, they closed off the, um, the torch because it got damaged in uh, early in 1919. Uh, I'll go into that later. Uh, even more curious was the fact that it was laid out in nine levels, just like a Mayan ceremonial pyramid. And then he shows uh, the pyramid, I believe it's of uh, Chichen Itza, um, where it has uh, seven levels, uh, nine levels rather, going uh, up to the top of the, uh, the temple platform. You have to lean out to keep your balance as you ascend and descend these stairs on, on the Mayan complexes and making the task comparable to climbing a huge stepped pyramid, a seemingly never-ending process with no clear goal in sight. And then he goes on and shows a close-up of the stairwell. Uh, 
There are 354 steps to the crown. When the balance uh, of ascending and descending traffic, the stairway will create a perfect whirlpool of human power on a busy day. Uh, wonder how uh, one would be harvesting that. And then he shows as they're building the torch and uh, designing uh, the uh, Statue of Liberty. And he goes, uh, of course, it is no surprise that the Masons were involved in this project from start to finish. And then he shows a picture of the completed one where the outside is turned uh, greenish blue. The Freemasons played an important role in the Statue of Liberty's development. First, late Liberty sculptor Frederick Auguste, which is A-U-G-U-S-T-E, Bartholi, B-A-R-T-H-O-L-D-I, was himself a Freemason, having just finished the Alessis Lorraine Lodge in Paris in 1875. Liberty's own name, Liberty Enlightening the World, was probably derived from the Masonic idea of illumination and enlightenment. The greatest movement by the Masons was indisputably the laying of the cornerstone for the statue and pedestal at Bed Bedloe's Island, B-E-D-L-O-E Island, as a Liberty Stand Island was formerly known. So it used to be called, Liberty Island used to be called Bedloe Island. And it was, uh, this was in 1884. The ritualistic ceremony was presided over by the Grand Master of the New York State Lodge the of the Masons. One of the biggest head scratchers for me was learning about the explosion at Black Tom Island nearby. Another fascinating incident uh, my history teacher skipped. I asked all kinds of folks if they had ever heard of it, but it was news to them. I did discover that Glenn Beck did a segment on it. The terrorist attack on Lady Liberty, the video is nine minutes and 45 seconds, and that's included. And then you can see that Black Tom was a man-made island in New York Harbor, right next to Bellows Island, B-E-L-O-S, uh, eventually renamed as a Liberty Island, where the U.S. stockpiled railroad cars full of ordnance to ship to England, although they were still officially neutral in World War I conflict. And then it shows a picture of what happened when the explosion happened. So the story goes, uh, during the wee hours of July 30th, 1916, four German spies ignited a barge on the island, setting off a chain reaction of explosions in what is still referred to as the worst act of terrorism in American history. And then it shows the explosion at Liberty, a uh, picture with the damage. And it said, beginning at 2 a.m. and illuminating the entire city of New York, the explosion set out shockwaves as intense as a 5.0 earthquake, shattering every window in Manhattan and knocking people in skyscrapers out of their beds. Uh, and then it shows the, uh, the Jersey Journal when this was written, big munitions explosion at Black Tom Island, 50 believed dead, 21 hurt in city hospitals, damages at $75 million then. That's 1916. And then it goes on to saying, this, this was certainly worth noting uh, how later news stories uh, downplayed the incident despite uh, the speculation of how it was created. Originally, an American citizen was arrested for manslaughter with no hint of foreign connections. Apparently, the concern was that the American public suspected German involvement. They might insist the U.S. enter into the European conflict ahead of schedule, possibly. 
Ironically, the U.S. government had not developed an official agency, quote, to investigate foreign espionage. So the Black Tom incident prompted the formulation of the FBI, which was developed later in 19, what was it, 42 originally. Uh, original FBI headquarters, it shows a photograph of it. Every window in the pedestal of the Statue of Liberty on Bedloe Island, uh, opposed to Black Tom, was broken and the main door, made of iron and weighing almost a ton, was blown off its hinges. The Morning Call newspaper reported the statue itself, however, was not damaged except for the rain of shrapnel which bespattered it. The rain of shrapnel damaged the spiral staircase that leads up to the arm and torch to severely, uh, so severely that it was permanently closed to the public. That's why you can never go up in the arm. Uh, then it was said at 2.08 a.m., the first and biggest of the explosions took place. Fragmentation from the explosion traveled long distance, some lodging in the Statue of Liberty and some in the clock tower of the New Jersey Journal building in Journal Square over a mile away stopped the clock at 2.12 a.m. People as far away as Maryland were awakened by the by it and thought it was an earthquake. The damage to the Statue of Liberty was valued at 100000 uh, which would be uh, $1.9 uh, in 2009, and included the skirt and torch. The arm has been closed to the visit ever since. So he goes, hmm, on the day that Black Tom exploded the island, uh, July 30th, 1916, was also the day of a solar eclipse. And he goes, really, I wouldn't make this stuff up. So another aspect of the Statue of Liberty involves the, the uh, poem Colossus, written by Jewish heiress uh, Emma Lazarus, and that's uh, E-M-M-A and L-A-Z-A-R-U-Z, in 1883, that is inscribed on a plaque placed on the inner walls of the statue's pedestal. And it shows an image of her poem known as the New Colossus. It is full of esoteric values that most alluding to the... Um, Anonymously between the new world and the old world, meaning new world order and old world order. Or it is literally taken and it is not too veiled reference to American giants. And then he shows a picture of a, a giantess being unboxed at this, for the Statue of Liberty, the, the face itself. And it shows a, a woman and a child or a woman and an older woman next to it. And then he goes... Uh, which all leads back to speculation about the ladies' modern-day role in the controller's agenda. And then he goes, um, for instance, did you know that on the day of the terrorist attack on September 11, 2001, the Statue of Liberty was closed immediately as was also a possible terrorist target? The moment was once again reopened on August 3, 2004, and it remains open today. You may... You mean, along with all the monuments that could have, could be uh, more substantially uh, be terrorist targets, they rushed to get the Statue of Liberty shut down right away? That's pretty suspicious. He goes, numerous uh, synchromystic researcher um, must have uh, speculated that the city of New York was involved in an Egyptian magical ritual of gigantic proportion on that fateful day. So all that accumulated energy would be needed to be captured and channeled somehow, right? He goes, really? 
makes me wonder about the that the bizarre instance back in 2009 when President Obama's crew wanted a photo op of an Air Force One uh, with the Statue of Liberty. And he shows that picture. And he said, apparently, they neglected to inform anyone and flew so low over Manhattan that alarmed workers poured out of the re- nearby buildings thinking it was another terrorist attack. And he shows a picture where uh, the Air Force One flew over the Statue of Liberty and scared the hell out of everyone. In uh, another, at a low altitude, in another blog on Grand Central Station, I drew a straight line on Google Earth from the station to the Statue of Liberty that goes right down through the obelisk at Washington Square and Ground Zero site. <coughs> and he said, and while we were on the alignment issue, I'll get really weird. It gets really weird when you factor in the post 9-11 memorial erected by the Russians in New York with also aligns with the Statue of Liberty. So Russia put up a, uh, an obelisk and it's, then you have, uh, it is the teardrop monument erected exactly five years later on September 11, 2006. Everything, Jeff, is based on the Masonic order. Anyway, fashioned after the Vietnam War Memorial, it has the names of 9-11 victims inscribed in the base and the bricks dedicated to specific families. Uh, let me see, where was I? Okay. And uh, firehouses around the moment and so much more. But let's not get sidetracked. Back to Lady Liberty's mysterious role in our public psyche. And then it shows an image of the face of Labor Liberty uh, on the ground that it's been framed of what's going to actually be uh, built into the Statue of Liberty. After the Black Tom incident, someone took this aerial photo of the statue, which clearly shows how the ground covering of the base has been revamped. And you can see the way it has originally, a long time ago, it shows that it's got stars and moons built into the uh, grassy area. So it is absolutely uh, a Masonic symbol, which the Statue of Liberty represents, depending on which religion. Uh, Egyptian was Isis. You have uh, Ishtar, well, which was uh, Assyrian. And then you have Ashtar, which was... Um, uh, I believe it's the was the um, proto-Hebraic. Anyway, uh, at this, those astrological designs are pretty esoteric for a national monument, don't you think? In comparison, the modern grounds look like more like a computer chip. So now I'm keeping an eye on our Lady Liberty and her nefarious riddle. I've got a feeling that I've just scratched the surface of her role in our faked history. More keen observations from alternative history researcher UAP in his video of the statue of hoaxery. And that was 30 minutes and 50 minutes long. Those are included. That's essay one. I've got seven minutes left. Uh, Jeff, I won't have time to finish the other essay, uh, but at least I covered uh, five out of them. You no, there? And, and I'll, I'll put it in something as a unique uh, discussion point because you're uh, talking about the Statue of Liberty. And this is a rabbit hole that someone might want to dig down, uh, but there's a question out there, and the question is, is the Statue of Liberty modeled after a female? Yes. It's 
so that's what's been reported. Uh, but yeah. there's some there's alternative wow. points of view on that, and and I don't know the answer. I want to be clear. Uh, but if you look at the facial structure of Lady Lady Liberty, and you got to remember the uh, the occult like to reverse everything, so this is a possibility. Um, if you look at the face of the Statue of Liberty, and then you look at uh, renderings of the face of Saint Germain, one of their ascended masters, right. uh, there are definitely some similarities. So I'll just leave that there as speculation. All right, I I consider it uh, feminine, but it could be because of the Masonic order androgynous. Okay, um, but it was designed after um, because it is a Masonic com- from beginning to end. It has to do with um, Isis, which is Egyptian. I just mentioned as well as Ishtar and Ashtar between the uh, uh, basically the um, Assyrian cult and. Um, Proto-Hebraic as well as uh, uh, the uh, uh, Assyrian Persian, but I'll keep that open. But it it, it was designed intentionally. It was- Listen, everything in this world has been a lie, and you know, just to, the, some of the stuff you brought out today about the uh, portals of the train stations in our neighborhoods, and you know, uh, this world is a mystery, and it is slowly being unlocked. And we certainly appreciate you, Chris, for for uh, bringing us this intel and, you know, your 25 years of uh, very in-depth and thorough research and and also bringing the goods, you know, bringing the evidences behind what you uh, put out there. That's so important to uh, most people. And just as a reminder, uh, all of the pictures and everything that Chris was describing uh, are available on Right On You. That's R-I-G-H-T-O-N with the letter U, rightonyou.com. And you can go to the military analyst. There's a couple options. There's a one-time uh, payment of $17, or you can support monthly uh, at $3 a month. And that's just a, that's just a, a gift from your heart, you know, if you want to continue uh, to support the military analyst. And uh, just because we were talking about the Statue of Liberty, I cannot help myself, but I must say this program is bought to you by... The good people at My Liberty Stand. If you want to stand for your own personal liberty and you want to start defunding the cabal, go check out mylibertystand.com. This is for North America only at this point in time. However, uh, if you put in your details, one of your fellow Right On Radio listeners will contact you and uh, will tell you what it's all about and you're absolutely going to love the experience. And so I've got one more super chat and it comes from Katie seven and it simply says, we appreciate you, Chris and Jeff and Katie seven. We appreciate you as well. Final thoughts, Chris. Well, I just want to thank the audience because I'm trying to share the knowledge that we were never taught and it's a minimum of three lifetimes, typically five, depending on what a person's knowledge base is, but uh, it will only get better. And it'll just add to their knowledge base. This is what we need to take and need to learn as we take. When we cross over, we never die. When we cross over, we take knowledge and love with us. That is that is fact. I know personally from my 3.5 month uh, near death experience. So this knowledge is for everyone. And I hope that uh, they're learning a lot. It will only get better because I have thousands of essays, but I we have very little time left. So I'm trying to cover as much as possible. And I will get to the buildings, which you want, 
but uh, David Zublick wanted me to do uh, uh, basically uh, uh, the one on Flat Earth, and then I am doing one on Saturday for uh, uh, crossing over to the fifth dimensional plane as we never die. Or, anyway, so uh, that's all I wanted to say is that uh, they'll continue to receive the, the highest quality information. It's all factual. Okay, I'm, d I'm well, completed. Chris, and bless you. God bless every single one of you in the audience. And, and really, I sincerely from the bottom of my heart, thank you for the gifts that uh, you're sending in. It really does help us keep in the algorithms. Uh, we are in the top 20 right now, and uh, that really helps us. In fact, last time I checked, we were in... Uh, we were number four in news, Chris, on uh, on podcasts. So we're beating out Bill O'Reilly, Megyn Kelly, uh, all of these kind of big names that are out there. We are beating them, at least on this platform. So, right. And we're giving uh, God them, we're, get, correct. Without interrupting, uh, we're giving them the real news and alternative history of what life is actually about and how it's orchestrated. So, yes, continue, Jeff. Yeah, amen. Uh, that's right. We want to put out as much uh, information and intel. And of course, you know, uh, don't trust us. Do your own research to make up your own mind. But uh, we give you a really good jumping off part to uh, to start your own research and discover what or how to live right in the real world. We'll show you the real world, but you determine yourself how to live right. We were never going to tell you how to do that, although I would suggest if you don't know Jesus Christ, it's a good idea to do that today. Uh, having said that, uh, that's the end of this program. Thank you, everyone, for being here. Remember, love your God, love your family, love your neighbor as yourself, and make a difference in your community. Over and out.